they're crazy, they're zany, and just plain nuts, but they love Jesus. America's Keswick and all of you. Here are the hosts of the Bob and Bill podcast, Robert Hayes and Bill Welty.
Christmas, Bob. Merry Christmas, Bill. So are you ready to do the Christmas trees now? No. It's like Groundhog Day, right? Yes, like, it is. But we thought we'd do a little bit of fun today because everybody's so serious. Yes. I, I we, can't wait for people to actually come to Keswick. Yes. It will be, it will be much better. It's a lot more fun doing it <laughs> like with people than yes. like those people that are out there that are not Although the there. once the people come back, we'll be doing less of this. You know, it was really cool. I don't know whether you saw this on, on YouTube, but there was a church down south. And for Easter Sunday, the congregation had all brought pictures of themselves oh. and where they sat in the congregation. Some of them actually brought in family portraits. And the pastor came out to step on the platform to do the service. And when he walked out, the whole sanctuary was filled with pictures <laughs> of his people. It was just really cool. We miss you. Yes. And, uh, but we're still glad that we're able to do the podcast. This is episode 10. And we're excited today to offer you a message by Pastor Robert Rodriguez. It's hard to believe that Robert's a pastor. It is. But it's really cool because uh, Robert worked in uh, children's ministry on summer staff here at Keswick. And it was while he was involved in children's ministry that our son Jordan trusted Jesus Christ mm -hmm. as Savior with Robert. So it's pretty cool to have him be a speaker here. Yeah, and he's actually the pastor at Calvary Bible Church in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. And he was a speaker this summer along mm -hmm. with two other summer staffers. And so listen to Robert Rodriguez as he shares from Colossians chapter 1. What's up, y'all? How we doing? It's good to see you. What's up, Philly? Who's here? Okay. So for a New Yorker to say that, that's a big deal. So take it, okay? Uh, so yeah, for the last three years, I've had the privilege of serving as the uh, senior pastor at Calvary Bible. Um, before that, uh, we were involved in church planning in New York City. And before that, uh, I was a pastor in Jersey. And way before that, in the summer of 1994, was my first summer here at America's Keswick. Uh, hey, John Bryant. <laughs> I love you so much, man. Oh, man, he, he let me come back. Again and again. And so, uh, so if there's any summer staffers that are here, half of the rule book is my fault. So I, I apologize for that. Um, but uh, we're really, really excited to be here. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege, really. So, Bill, thank you so much for the opportunity uh, to allow us to come. And so this week is historic. There are three uh, people who are speaking, and all three of us uh, were on summer staff. So you'll hear uh, from Pastor Tom Brown, and you'll hear from Pastor Sam Sutter uh, this week as well. And so we've actually coordinated this week together. And so we're going to be going through the, the book of Colossians, Paul letter, Paul's letter to the church at Colossae. And so uh, a couple of housekeeping things just to let you know, first off, there is a booklet that we printed. Yes, we are those nerds that gave you a booklet. And so there is, there is some homework for you guys, and the homework is simply to read through the passages that we've given you. Uh, and there's some, uh, some, some quotes there from, from guys who are way smarter than us, and there are some places for notes there as well. But we'd like you to read through the book. As, as you're memorizing Galatians 2.20, we also want you to read through the book of Colossians with us as we go through some things. And so um, this week, I promise you, you'll hear some stories about summer, the tales of us on summer staff and things like that. And, and, and there is a sense that this is kind of like a summer staff reunion, but we don't want it just to be that. God has allowed you to be here this week. I want to tell you, God moved through history. God moved through your bank account. God through, moved through family issues. God moved through everything for you to be here right now. Don't take this week lightly. This is not, it's not an accident that you're here. Amen. 
This is not something that just happenstance. You are here for a reason. And we want God to change our life. We want the Word of God to do what only the Word of God can do to leave us, make us leave this place transformed. I don't want to leave here the same way I got here. You know, it didn't have to be this way. You know that, right? Some of us could be in a ditch. Some of us could be outside these walls. Some of us could be having the worst time of our life. But God allowed you to be under the preaching of God's word this week. So don't take that lightly. And so as we look at the book of Colossians, there's one overarching theme that I want you to see. And this is that. This. Jesus Christ is greater than everything. And so I looked up the Greek words for everything, and you know what it means? Everything. I mean, everything. And so whether you're going through it right now, or you're planning on going through it because you are, or you just went through it, Jesus is greater than all of that. And so he has something for us this week, and so I hope you see what God does. So uh, we're going to look through Colossians chapter 1 today, uh, verses 1 to 18. So here's the thing. Where I come from, we stand when we read the Word of God. And it ain't some religious thing, it's because God's Word is that awesome. So if you could please stand with me, we're going to read through the first 18 verses of Colossians. And you guys can read silently as I read aloud. The Bible says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints because of the hope which is laid for you in heaven of which you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel which has come to you as it has also in the, all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. As you learn from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason also, since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him, all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks for standing. You could be seated. So Colossians chapter 1 reminds me of a story. 
Who here has a cheap dad? We're on live stream, so just like raise it like this. All right, I, 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 have a, I have a cheap dad. I have a thrifty father, let's put it that way. And I remember when I was a kid, there were a couple of really, really good action figures. There were G.I. Joe's. They were, he, they were He-Man. Remember He-Man? And there was something called Voltron. Now, Voltron was dope. Die cast, but you have all these things that came together. It came in this huge box. It was awesome. But it was also, back then, almost $100. So today, that would be like one, a buck fifty. And so my dad, who is a very thrifty person, said, no. You can watch the TV show because it was on, you know, network TV, so it was free. You could go play with your friends, Voltron, but you ain't getting no Voltron. And I know my, my dad, he, he worked two, three jobs at sometimes to make sure that we were taken care of. And I remember one day he came home and there was this big box and it was wrapped. And I was like, oh my gosh. Did my, my, did my dad rob a toy store? What happened? And so I opened up this wrapping paper, and there in the box was the black lion, the red lion, the green lion, the yellow lion. But the box said lion bot on it. <laughs> my dad went to Canal Street and got a ghetto fake Voltron. <laughs> you know... Living in Philadelphia and, and, and being around uh, cheesesteaks, right? And then hearing the debate on who has the best cheesesteak. And then hearing the debate on whether or not it's real whiz or not. I remember telling my mom, I said, hey, you know, can we make cheesesteaks? I'm, I'm dating my wife, uh, Rebecca, at this point. I'm like, hey, can we try these cheesesteaks? I had one, and it was incredible. My mom brought steakum. And store brand Cheese Whiz. And you know what the phrase she used? It's good enough. It's good enough. My friends, when it comes to the Word of God, don't accept good enough. When it comes to what the Word of God actually says, don't accept, eh, it's okay. My friends, sometimes we settle for bad preaching and bad doctrine because the music is lit. So all of a sudden, we got this word, we got our worship on, and then we got to find good preaching somewhere else. See, this is what was going on in the first century for the Apostle Paul. He was dealing with this church in Colossae, and he's writing them because they had these false teachers that were going through all these different things that had to be added to Jesus. You had to be Jesus and still Jewish. You had to, be, you had to love Jesus and also do these things. And so he writes this letter to tell them that Jesus alone is greater than everything. And so what I want us to see, and this is where it needs to get started, there is a truth about the gospel. And there is a truth about who Jesus is. And if you and I can wrap our finite minds and hearts around who Jesus is and what the good news of the gospel did for us, I promise you it would not only change your life, it'll be the real thing every time. You see some of these colony guys get up here and they graduate, that's the real thing. 
You see how their lives change. That's the real thing. But you see, some people who settle for mamby-pamby, chicken soup for the soul, oh, I feel good. No, when you get into what the gospel really is and how horrible you and I actually are and how much God loves us besides all that, and he sends his son Jesus Christ to die for us anyway, we were chosen before the foundations of the world. We were chosen And so I want you to fall in love with who Jesus Christ is. But I want you to fall in love with how much he fell in love with you. And so when we're in Colossians chapter 1, here's what I want you to see. This is the crux of the first chapter. We're only going to get into verse 18. Pastor Tom will pick it up tomorrow. Basically, Paul will say hello to the church like he always does. And then he'll start talking about the truth of who Jesus Christ, that the gospel actually is, and who Jesus is, and how we actually please God. And so I want us to look into some of these things. And Zach, I forgot my clicker, so can, if you could like, take care of that for me, all right? Hey, by the way, Zach was a baby when I worked here. <laughs> Honestly, I got a picture holding the guy, and now I, he could probably beat me up. So appreciate Zach a lot. So here's, um, here's what's going on. There's this... Um, and, and the, way, the way the Bible describes it is the best way we could describe it. There's a power behind this gospel that we have. The Greek word actually is dunamis, where we get dynamite from. It's the idea that the power, the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the power that saved you. So the power of the gospel is significant. The power of the gospel is, is transforming to your life. And so when, when Paul greets the church, and here's what he says, and this is his opening, and it's a familiar opening that he uses, he says this. Look at the end of verse 2. Grace to you, and what? Peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So the longer way of saying that, and it's a common phrase was this, I, I pray that the grace and peace of God would continue to you. So grace and peace was the shorter way of saying that. But I don't want you to diminish anything about what those two words mean. Paul says grace, and he wishes and he blesses and he wants the church to have this grace, this, this unmerited favor that we have with God, this supernatural enabling that we have to live a life that we should not be able to live. You and I should not be able to live the principles of the word of God. And so he says, I pray that this grace will be not only be significant, but sufficient. And then he says that that would lead to peace in your life. Man, to have peace in the midst of all the junk that we go through, you think about the first century and all the things that the early church went through with persecution and, 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 and all these backstabbers and all these, these false prophets coming in. And he says, I, I wish you had grace and peace. And then he starts talking about what, where this grace and peace comes from. Let's read verses 3 to 8 with me. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven and which you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it also in the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God and truth. 
as you learn from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. So I love, I love the way Paul, the Holy Spirit, allows Paul to write this letter. Here's what he doesn't do. So there is a problem to be tackled. There are these people who are, who are really not only speaking bad about Paul, speaking bad about what the gospel actually is, leading people astray and all these things. But here's what Paul does. Paul doesn't start attacking the false teachers. He doesn't start, you know, there are these guys that are doing us dirty, stay away from them. He doesn't even mention them. What he talks about first is that he's thankful about what God is doing in their life. I want to tell you this. It doesn't matter whether you've been done dirty. It doesn't matter whether people talk about you or about your Savior. It doesn't matter what people say that isn't true. The only thing that really matters is what you know to be true about Jesus and about your relationship with him. Some of us spend all of our time worrying about what other people think. That we need to go back to the basics and recognize who we are in Jesus. Don't let anybody else co-sign on your junk. Don't, don't be that guy that, that blames it on everybody else. Remember who you are in Jesus. And so he, he starts talking about the truth of the gospel and the positive effects that it had on their lives. And you know what the gospel did for this church in Colossae is the same thing that it needs to do. So here's what he basically says. He says that the gospel of Christ, like a seed, had this dynamic force that not only shattered this stony, hard soil of sin, it began to take root and it gave them this new life. And he says that, that as Paul starts to compliment them about how the gospel has changed them it's taken root it's grown in them and because it's grown in them it's grown in all the world around them he sees not only has there been changed in their life their surroundings have been changed because of what god is doing in their life and he says as the gospel begins to take root he says remain faithful to the thing that brought about this change Remember whose you are and where you came from. He says, above everything else, remember who you belong to. And so he assures them that he prays and he gives, he gives thanks. And he said, this is why. This is why Paul is thankful for this church. Like a, like a, a harvest of ripe fruit shows that there are, there's good seed and good soil if you look at what happens in your life, when you see fruit, when you see things start to sprout up, things that weren't there before, when all of a sudden you don't lash out at the first person who looks at you the wrong way, when all of a sudden you, you recognize that you have, you have more peace when it comes to dealing with tough situations, when you recognize that all of a sudden you go to the word of God and you start praying before you start robbing Peter to pay Paul, when you see those things start happening in your life, you see the fruit start coming up. And he lists these virtues in their life. And he lists them as this triad thing. He says this. He says, faith, love, and hope. He says these virtues are increasingly evident in their lives. And as the seed comes up, these are the things that should come apart in our life. Faith, hope, and love needs to be in your life. If they're not add-ons, they're not accessories. These are fundamental things to your faith. And he says, first of all, that he's, he's thankful for their, their, their saving faith. 
Faith isn't just believing what you know ain't so. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things that are not seen. It's the only way the elders obtained a good report with God, by the way. This belief that God could save, keep you saved, and transform your life, and that change becomes evident, it leads to the next thing. It leads to love. As you see this productive faith working in your life, there is this love for others that beginning inside the household of God, when all of a sudden you're more worried about Sister Sally instead of gossiping about Sister Sally, something has changed in your life. When all of a sudden, well, when it's time to shake hands, you're not a curmudgeon just like this, and all of a sudden you see yourself saying, brother, it's good to see you, there's a change. When you start worrying about other people instead of yourself, faith is now becoming love in your life. When you recognize that Jesus loved you so much that he died for your sins, and he not only gives you forgiveness from the things you did in the past, the present, and the future, he also gives you eternal life. He promises that he will never leave or forsake us. He sits at the right hand of God, interceding for us. He sends his spirit to convict us, to comfort us, to teach us. This selfless love that Jesus had, when it starts taking place in your heart and this faith becomes love, you can do nothing else but just love other people. So this faith and this love then becomes hope.
that was an amazing message. And uh, we're so grateful for Robert Rodriguez and for his ministry. He's also the first summer staff member to serve on our board. Oh, that, that is cool. Yeah, which is really cool. And Elizabeth did such a great job on Give Thanks. I trust that in the midst of the crisis that we're going through, what is it today that you're thankful for? Uh, you know, we can sit around and talk about all the bad things that are happening, but, you know, like we're thankful to be able to still play. That's right. And to still be able to worship. And so each tell them what's happening every day, Monday through Friday at 1.30. Monday through Friday at 1.30, we have a worship live, and it's Joyce and myself and Bill, and we get to sing and to share scripture and play piano. And it's just an opportunity to uh, be an encouragement to ourselves of God's sufficiency to meet us at our point of need, but I'm hoping and praying that it's an encouragement to you all as well. And then tomorrow afternoon at 2.30, the Keswick Ripple Podcast. Uh, Jim Lang is our Director of Guest Services, a graduate of the Colony of Mercy, and he's been having guys who are in the program share what Jesus Christ is doing in their heart and life. By the way, that's what's really cool about what's happening now at Keswick. While the conference ministry is closed down, we're still able to serve the men of the Colony of Mercy and the students of Barbara's Place. So for those of you that love this ministry and pray for the ministry, uh, your prayers and financial support right now are very important. You can visit our website at www.americaskeswick.org. There's a little button there. I don't understand it all, but you can donate now. Or you can call 1-800-453-7942, and we'd love to have an opportunity to pray for you between the hours of 8 and 4, Monday through Friday, but you can give your gift by calling that number. Again, it's 1-800-453-7942. And now until Friday, God bless you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, let us know. Write us at bewealthy at americaskeswick.org, or it'll be in the description below. If you'd like to learn more information about America's Keswick, you can visit our website at www.americaskeswick.org. Join us every Wednesday and Friday at 2.30, for the next edition of the podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Tyler. And have a good and godly day.